Hello, hello, gather round. Um, do not readjust your sets. It is the Black Country Ramble. Um, I'm sure you know what we're doing here, but it has been quite a few weeks. So I'll just remind you, um, my voice is that of our resident Albion fan, and I'm Kiz. Um, the voice you're about to hear is that of our resident Wolves fan, and that is JB's voice. JB, how are you? I'm good, mate. Good to be back. It's been a god. It's going to be at least two, three weeks, hasn't it, since we've... Um done this busy lives half terms busy days at school so life just gets in the way sometimes but yeah there's a lot to get through um tonight a hell of a lot of waters passed under the bridges outside either stadium so to speak um we've got a lot a lot a lot to get through um yeah gonna be interesting yeah. tonight i think the chat we're gonna have two new managers um yeah. world cup break is looming we've yeah. got a new prime minister also, Let's not do politics. they sold Twitter. Um, it's been a, been a big few weeks away for the Black Country Ramble. <laughs> um, but it can bring a bit of, um, a bit of norma- normality and stability to proceedings. Yeah. Um, JB, I'm going to get started on a trivia question, which is going to sort really? quite um, quite well into the <clears throat> couple of talking yeah. points we're going to have through this pod. Um, yeah. Needless to say, that's going to be a lot of manager chat. Yeah, sure. Um, JB, yeah, since 2000... Um, yeah. Wolves have had one, two, three, four, five managers um, from Europe, so non-British managers. Um, yeah. And Albion have had one, two, three, four, five managers who are not British as well. Um, yeah. This might give you one of the answers, but obviously I'm including the Republic of Ireland as a European country. Oh, okay, yeah, that's going to give you one of your answers, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so five for Albion, five for Wolves since the turn of the century. Yeah. Who are those five managers? Okay. Well, I'll start with Wolves first off. Um, obviously, McCarthy. We'll start off nicely with that one. Um, Nuno, Espirito Santo, Bruno Large, Hulan Lopetegui. I mean, obviously, the, 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 the new manager now yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's four. And number five would be Stella Solbakken. He's flown um, through him. Give me the yeah. five Albion names, JB. Okay. Now, Carlos Corbran. Yep, one. Pepe Mel. What a shout. Two. Oh, God. Oh, fucking Slavan Village. Of course. Three out of five. Di Matteo. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, to be honest, I didn't think you would get Pepe Mel or Di Matteo off the top of your head, JB. That's very impressive. One to go. Oh, well, I do think it might be Irish. I'm going to struggle with this one. Was he Scottish? No, uh, what's his face? Scottish when he Steve Clark. Yeah, he's Scottish. Um, think, 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 think. I'm going, I'm going too early. Um, Mowbray, Megson. JB, I might pause you there and give yeah. you and the listeners a little bit of time to reflect. Yeah, yeah that's gonna, fine. This is going to come to you mid-podcast. I'm pretty much certain of it. Uh, yeah. So I, I presume it might I, be. I can't, I haven't got it at the moment, but... We'll uh, we'll loop back round, mate. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, we'll loop, yeah, loop, loop round. Time will be the remedy for that particular. Uh-huh. Um, so, on the subject of Albion managers, um, Steve Bruce is no longer our manager. JB, um, last time we recorded, Bruno Large was no longer Wolves manager, um, but Steve Bruce was Albion manager. Albion have managed to sack Steve Bruce, have a couple of caretaker games, reappoint sorry, appoint a manager and play three games before Wolves were able to appoint their manager, which is um, damning from a Wolves perspective, because there's a lot of games gone there where they could have been getting points on the board, uh, but pretty efficient for Albion. Um, and by most most people's reckoning, we, we've ended up with a an attractive choice. Um, and the first three games have done nothing to to dampen those spirits, I think 
I think it looks like things are on the up. Um, just to touch on Bruce and that the ending of of that particular disaster, um, I was never pleased with it. I don't think the fan base were ever pleased with it. Um, and you what you, you watched Albion week in week out, and we've said this time and time again. There was no style under Bruce. There was no identity, and it's something that I spoke about at length um, when we had Ishmael in charge, and of how. Nice it was to have an identity, but then we got a little bit too, or he got a little bit too stubborn in those ideas and so on, so on, so on. So Steve Bruce came on it and almost decided to have no philosophy, um, just vibes. And when Steve Bruce was a successful championship manager, that was okay. You could sort of get by on just vibes and an individual quality in your team and turning up and being better than the other team, so to speak. But that ship has sailed. You see teams like Luton doing really well under Nathan Jones. Um, obviously, he's been headhunted now. He's going to be going to Southampton any minute. Um, the likes of Graham Potter, um, the likes of Steve Cooper. The, the list of really, really brilliant championship tactical brains that have just been on this conveyor about the last few years. Is it any wonder that Steve Bruce rocking up doing five-a-side games in training and saying, go, and, go out and try hard, doesn't work anymore. Like, of course, that doesn't work anymore. Um, it was never, ever, ever going to work. And the only way I could have accepted it was if it had been a stopgap to the end of last season. But anyway, but that dark cloud is gone. Um, we're into a new era with a big old mess to clean up at the Hawthorns. Um, and that big old mess is currently being being cleaned up by um, Carlos Corberan, who is our first Spanish manager since Pepe Mel. Um, just going back to our trivia there, looping back round. Um, it is reminiscent of when Megson came and took charge of Albion in the early 2000s. Um, he took charge of a team who was sat in the relegation zone um, and totally transformed the the fortunes of the club, um, and that those ripples um, were still seen fifteen years after Megson left. It was only when Pardew took us down that sort of we we got off the high of that initial um, return to the Premier League, and we we you know we're forever in the debt of Gary Megson and what he achieved. Um, and it's just really funny to to find ourselves back in that situation for the first time since then in the relegation zone in the second tier. And then someone comes in, wins 1-0 in two of his first three games with set pieces. And you're like, hang on, we've seen this one before. Um, I was at QPR on Saturday. What a great day out that was. Um, Albion fans in fine voice. Um, it's a lovely little away day. And the I think about 1,500 travelled and they were rewarded with um, the most resolute, assured, away performance. I can remember Albion having in a long, long time, a really long time. We, we were asked a lot of questions and they didn't really come close to scoring. There were a couple of times where they had half chances and Alex Palmer made a good save. But we made one of the best teams in the league look very, very average away from home. Now, this isn't to say that all of our problems are solved. We're amazing now. We're going to go on a run and, and like Forrest did last year and get into the playoffs necessarily. Um, but it's it's refreshing. And all the noise coming out of the Albion camp is about how, and this is damning for Steve Bruce, um, after every game, it's been about how players now know what to do. So yeah. Kyle Bartley came out after his goal this weekend and said, it's nice to know what to be able to do. He's not seen this level of tactical insight from a manager before. Yukushlu scored in the game before, said the same thing. It's nice to know what to do. But you look around the team and you look at players like um, Matty Phillips or um, John Swift or maybe, well, a Kyle Bartley, definitely. And these players look like they know what they're doing all of a sudden. And not in a not in the pejorative sense, not in a rude kind of, the, you don't know what you're doing, you're hopeless kind of way. In a, they actually have a little bit of direction all of a sudden kind of way. And, can you blame them if Steve Bruce turns up, does five aside in training, and then says, "Go on, there's, there's ninety minutes a week or whatever." Um, 
it's refreshing, really refreshing. It's a long, long, long road back to where we need to be. Um, and it's a road that I feel really comfortable having Carlos Corberan take us down because he did very well with a much worse team at Huddersfield. Um, he comes off the back of a very impressive um, CV pedigree-wise. He's worked under Bielsa, worked closely with Pep Guardiola in the past. Guardiola's given him a recommendation for a job, things like this. Um, I think it's a good fit and I'm really, really, really happy that we've ended up with him rather than, you know, another Steve Bruce type. Because every time we've gone that way, every time we've gone to the manager carousel, it's not worked at Albion ever. Pardew didn't work. Allardyce didn't work. Bruce didn't work. The only one you could say worked for a period of time was Pulis and he did a very, very good job. But then even that went sour. Um, right, JB, I'm true to our name. I'm really, really rambling. I'd like to get your. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's much needed, mate. Yeah, this is me trying to get two and a half weeks of uh, football yeah. chat, one monologue. JB, yeah. I want to hear your input. Um, obviously, you were watching Villa appoint Emery and you're watching now Albion appoint their manager. What were your. Um, what were your first impressions of, of the new manager, considering Wolves hadn't appointed anyone at the time? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was a, a, good, a good appointment. Obviously, I've got some friends. Well, I say friends. I've got a, a lady that I work with who's a big Huddersfield fan. Um, so I've kind of, in a weird way, sort of, last couple of years, sort of paid attention to Huddersfield time, which I've never usually done before. Um, and she's a massive fan of Corbran. You know, she was gutted when he went, sort of thing. Um even though I think his time there had come to an end, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was definitely um, very much... You know, he's obviously still held very fondly. He did great things, like I said, with a much worse side. I think it's a good, solid appointment. I think it almost goes back to... And it's just coming to my head. Uh, <laughs> that's number five. Yeah, that's coming to my head. There it is. There's number five. Um, it, yeah, it's... Um, it almost goes back to... Because obviously, Ishmael did a very good job with the quite a poor Barnsley side. Yeah. Very different style manager to Corbrand by 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 all stretch of the imagination. Um, obviously, I think Ishmael came in with a directive to kind of you know play that sort of Val ball attacking sort of style of play. You know, with the better pedigree quality players that Albion had at the time, and the, and, the, and this sort of you know the, the plan on paper was to to go and get promoted sort of thing. Didn't quite work out. We've been over this before. Don't need to do it again. Whereas I think Corbrand's come in with that sort of directive of actually steady the ship, do what you do best. You know, grind out results if need be. Still confidence. Instill confidence. Instill a little bit of routine structure. Yeah. You know what the players need, and 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 he's been in what a week or so now, and and you know six points out of nine, including a very good away win um, and, and a good QPR side. Um, you know that that bodes well, really. You know, you look at the championship. Championship's a crazy league, and I stand by this. Anybody who listens to this pod will know that sort of wax lyrical about the championship being, you know, the, the probably the best league in the world, I think, in terms of, like, how, how it goes, in terms of one of the toughest leagues as well, um, to get out of, of what I mean, I mean by that. And it's just so tight. You know, there's some crazy stats flying around, how, like, I think George, my brother, put in our little group chat. I didn't read it properly because I was out, but it was in, like, top and bottom had won the same amount of games or lost the same amount of games, sorry, or some, something like yeah, that. Black, um, Blackburn have lost, I think. Um, eight times this season or something like that, but they're sitting well, they're sitting third now. Yeah, yeah. Looking now, in fact. And yeah, it's it, it's so tight. And you just literally look and and listen. It's so easy to get carried away. We all know that feeling. A new manager, bit of a new manager bounce, and you pick up results and things look better. And you go, oh, Christ, you know, you know, three, four wins out of the next five or six. You know, we're suddenly sitting, you know, touching the playoffs. And, and we we all know. And, and but there's a distinct possibility that Alvin could do that under Corbyn. He's been there, done it with Huddersfield. You know, um, he's he's coming in to a good squad. There's no denying it. You know, Albion have got a good quality championship squad, you know, that, that, that should be top 10 minimum. Um, you know, and a few, you know, if they get another good result at the weekend before the the World Cup break, which I have every confidence in the world there because they're playing, we'll touch on obviously previews and, and predictions later, but they're playing a side that are, are really struggling at the moment. And, and I think they'll be fired up after the last two games. And, you know, ultimately the outlook completely changes. I think it's a really savvy point. I think Albion, it'll almost parallel, and we'll get onto Wolves in a bit, but obviously almost parallel, um, uh, parallel image, if you like, of kind of the fact that I think there's been a lot of pressure on the board, a lot of pressure on the owners. You had your, your sort of mini protest and what have you the other day and that sort of thing. And, and, and I think what they've done is they've been the box quite clever. You know, they've got in a, a, a reputable 
decent CV and pedigree championship manager. I imagine it obviously he's come on a free as me if you like. I imagine his wages aren't massive. Um and he's gonna do the job. I I think he'll do the job. I don't know. Listen, we'll have to reassess this back when we're when we're doing the pod in February, March, we're back into the season, see where Albion are. But I think it's it's as good an appointment as you could have gone for. It's a, it's quite a low risk appointment, if that makes sense. I think it's low risk. Yeah, yeah. Um and that's exactly what Albion need um right now. And like I said, I think I think they'll get a again, not jumping the gun because we'll do this at the end of the pod, but you know, I think I think something's geared up for a, a convincing home win. Um, and I think that sees you into the World Cup break nicely. And I think, yeah, I think I think the owners, for all their faults and the issues that we've again we've gone over many a time on this pod, I think the box clever with this appointment, and I think it'll pay dividends. Yeah, I think I think it's a very sensible appointment for all the things you say there, JB. Um financially it makes sense. Uh, he's got a proven track record in recent times. Um, and the, crucially, I think we've got, as you said there, Jamie, we've got a squad that's good enough to win games in this league, but our massive, massive flaw, and if anyone wants to go back and listen to our predictions at the start of the season, I think I said the line, um, our squad is top six and our and or our squad is top two and our manager's not even top 10 or something like that. Yeah. Basically saying I've got total faith in the, in the squad, but no faith in the manager. And I, I even said depending on how quickly we sack Steve Bruce, I thought we could finish top six without Steve Bruce in charge. Um, I said, it it depends on how the start of the season goes and so on, so on, so on. Um, As it happened, I don't think we sacked Steve Bruce fast enough. I think we're going to, we're going to be just short of the playoffs or we're going to finish mid table or whatever it's going to be. It's just me trying to be a pessimist there because I have a, a tendency to get carried away. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? I, I think we might look back on it and think, you know what? We sacked Brucey a little bit too late. And that, that's what I think now. I think that's probably what we're going to look back on. Say, so did he need 13, 14 games? No, probably didn't. Um, yeah. we, we knew the writing was on the wall pretty early. Um, as soon as, obviously he started unlucky. He wasn't getting the results and the performances were okay. But then by game seven or eight, you were like, oh, hang on, this isn't going to work. Um, yeah, lost three or four in a row as well. Things like that. Anyway, I'll just sack him sooner, but we, he's gone. We've got a new manager in. Really exciting. One thing I will say that I'm particularly excited about is watching that QPR game. We started really, really, really brightly. And that is in keeping with what he's saying in his press conferences and what it, what seems to be the, the, the noise from the Albion camp, that he's preparing very, very specifically for each opponent that we're playing. And I don't yeah. think Bruce was doing that. Um, and that I think that's what, what enabled us to start really, really well against QPR. Then they, ha- they had a real period of momentum in that game. This, sort of from 20 minutes to half time, just after half time, they were really, really strong. And a- afterwards in his press conference, he did a really um, extended press conference that um, was on YouTube, uh, West London Sport or something have posted it. Obviously QPR coverage, but there's a sort of seven or eight minute chat with, with Corberam. And he said that, Albion struggled to break the press after QPR changed shape. Ilias Chair um, went as like a number 10 and and that they they struggled after that change of shape. And then after half time, obviously Albion came back into it and looked better on the ball and got the goal and so on, so on, so on. And it's so refreshing to hear someone identify and resolve a problem in game after their game plan hasn't worked. But well, it worked at first and then um QPR have made a tweak. Then Corbrand's diagnosed that, and then made a, t- a tweet to his um, to his side after half time. And it's just like, okay, that, now that's what you want. That's the level of tactical insight and the tactical engagement that you need if you want to be at the top end of the championship nowadays. You look down the list of managers in the championship. Your Steve Bruce's have been left behind. They're yeah. just gone. Like the, I, I think it's credit to managers like Tony Mowbray who. Yeah, is so much more attacking and and, and front footed and possession based than people giving credit for and things like that. That some managers have stood that test of time, but they're the really forward thinking ones from that sort of era. Um, and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we we've fallen for that trap of appointing an old man, uh, managerial merry go round appointment for the last time. I don't I don't think there's any reason we should go back there um, anytime soon anyway because I think we. This appointment will work out for the best, and we'll win the Champions League within three years. So, um, so you know, everyone's happy. Um, on a on a serious note, though, JB, looking at our fixtures, 
um, you said, oh, if we win three or four of our next few games, we're going to be um, sitting, um, just outside the playoffs and that. And with the caveat of not going to get carried away, um, QPR was our last game for a little while against one of the the so-called best teams in the league. You know, your Burnleys, your um, Sheffield United's, uh, Blackburn's, you know, those teams right at the top. We play Stoke next, who are on a really poor run and they're 15th, I think. Then we play Sunderland, not in the top half. Then we play Rotherham, not in the top half. Then we play Coventry, not in the top half. Then we play Bristol City, not in the top half. Then we play Preston, who are currently sat sixth, but are in a big bunch of teams who are just about in the top half. We could win four of those. We could well, definitely. That's, that's, that's my point. He, he, yeah. You know, you've got that new manager bounce now. He's going to have the World Cup group plan, uh, World Cup break to implement his ideas properly. Um you know, and, and come back sort of refreshed, ready to go sort of thing. You know, players will be raring to go. He's coming back in the in the middle of the Christmas break. Everyone loves the festive period of, period of time for Christmas, uh, for football, sorry. Um, you know, I think, is it first game back Boxing Day, is it, I think? Is that the first no, game we back? come back a week earlier, mate. Uh, oh, you come back a week yeah. earlier, okay, yes. Yeah, so we're back a little bit earlier than that. I think we're back maybe the 12th or something like that. Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it sounds dab, but it's, it's a shorter break than what you think, actually, really. For the I championship, think, yeah, it I'm is. Sure yeah. I'm sure it'll fly by. But um, but no, I, I like I say, I can't really say much more. I think I think it's a, it's a clever point by Albion. I think they've ticked the boxes they needed to do. They've ticked their own boxes in terms of finances and things like that. They've ticked the box with the fans to say, look, we're bringing some yeah, news. Yeah. They've done it. It's going to stabilise us and, and, and bring an identity to the team. And like I say, six points out of nine, one of those being a, an impressive away performance against the team that everyone's raving about at the moment. Um, he's a good benchmark. And like I said, you know, you, you pick up three points on Saturday and you go into that World Cup break and the mood and the mood and the sort of the outlook of, of West Brom fans and, and the club itself is literally 180 from what it was two weeks ago, sort of thing. So yeah, it's funny how times can change in football. Yeah, it really is. And I think that that game against Stoke, just ju- just purely for the reason it's going to be the last game for a month or so, I think that's a really big game. In Australia. Yeah, every game, every last game before the break is a, a, a big game, you know. For everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It yeah. sort of sets the tone of how you're going to go into that break. If we win that game, mate, I'm sorry, but I'm going to get I'm going to get carried away. If we yeah. go into the World Cup break only eight points off um, the playoffs when we were 15 points or so off the playoffs when he came in, I'm going to be yeah. excited because, yeah. um, you know, we're trending in the right direction. And then that that nicer run of fixtures. I always I'm, I'm always very, very reticent to say fixtures are nice in the championship, but on paper, those are some nice fixtures. So, um yeah. Hopefully we'll see um, a little bit of an upturn in form and, and yeah, maybe we can allay any fears of relegation yeah. before the new I think will, yeah. I think, I, think, I, think, I think by the time January rolls around, they'll be long gone. I'm pretty, yeah, pretty we've six, six games to play before January comes. And if yeah. and to be honest, if we're not in a relegation battle anymore, I'll take that. If we're just further up the table, looking up yeah. instead of down, I'll be happier. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. JB, we... We beat a manager this weekend who was interviewed by Wolves um, or was approached by Wolves and um, emphatically turned Wolves down. Um, saying, oh, yeah, was... Well, saying something he's, along the lines he's, of... He's milked that, hasn't he, Christ? Uh, saying something along the lines of um, why would I leave the top end of the championship for the bottom end of the Premier League and all these things. Well, the bottom end of the Premier League is good enough for former Real Madrid and Spain manager um, Julian Lopetegui. I think we're going Lopetegui, guys. Yeah, we're going Lopetegui. Yeah, that's how um, William Balaguer is pronouncing it. So I'm going to go with that. My Basque is not as good as my um, as my Spanish, but uh, JB, you may as well bask in the glory of a former Real Madrid manager in the Wolves dugout. How on earth has this happened? Um. I think it's been a long time coming. I think, I mean, I mean, I, 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 when we sacked Bruno, I think I was pretty confident that Lopetegui was going to be the manager at the time. I'm sure he's documented on this podcast. Um, obviously, things didn't quite go to plan. Obviously, there was talks that obviously turns down because his, his father's ill health and things like that. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on Lopetegui in, in, in a bit. I, I need to obviously just talk and catch up about what's sort of gone on the last few weeks, really, um, because it, it's been a shit show. Um, it really has. I want to get the negative out of the way. Um, on the pitch, off the pitch, on and off the pitch, it's been a shit okay. show. It's been a shit show on the pitch, really, Keith. Since 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 COVID struck, you know, and I, I, I've been consistent in my attitude with that. You know, we, we've, you know, we, 
it hasn't been right since then on the pitch. Um, I don't know, you got a little bit. You got a little bit excited by Bruno for a while, but yeah, the, yeah, the odd fleeting, the odd fleeting, <laughs> a couple of good results, pushing up the table, and then all of a sudden, you know, you come crashing back down to earth. Um, but in terms of this whole, listen, Bruno should have gone earlier. It's it's now become well documented that the players have been very unhappy with him, his training methods, the way he did things. It, that that had been brewing for a long time. Um, and I think I think the, the hierarchy bottled that decision when he when he should have probably gone earlier. Um, but then all of a sudden you made the decision. As long as the decision comes and then you take it, it it's done. You can't keep going. Well, it could have been early. It could have been this. Could have been that. That's all hindsight. Like they make the decision. But the way that we have gone about this managerial search has been nothing short of a shambles. You wouldn't even see it at non-league level. Um, and it just show has shown the lack of football people within our club, proper football people. Um, obviously, you immediately point to caretaker manager. That makes sense. It's always usually the under-21s manager or the under-18s. That, that's, that, that's a general trend in any club. But, but to, to be in a position where Steve, and this is, I, I want to be careful on record because Steve Day, Wolves fan, you know, lovely guy, obviously, been put in this position and wanted to take it to prove a point sector. But to have a manager in charge of Wolverhampton Wonders Football Club, whose previous managerial record reads North, Northwich Victoria, Crew Alexandra, and Leighton Orient, of which he was sacked from two out of those three. And you're leaving him in charge for by the time the World Cup break ends, he'd have eight games in charge of, of Wolves. He's nothing short of scandalous. It shows um that's damning, that is. That's it's damning. Awesome. Kieran, there's, there's no there's no pretty way of, of, of putting it. It's been a shambles. The way we went public with, with our managerial with our managerial approaches, um or allowed things to be leaked. Um, you know, the fact that then we, we've made statements where Michael Beale put turned us down. And then, obviously, literally the day after or within a couple of hours, is starting to come out saying there hasn't been an outstanding candidate approach yet. Um, that we feel and then, and the then he came out and, and addressed the fact he'd turned the job down. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he's just stunk of just inept, just, just, just stunk of not having football people in the club and not, have, not having planned. You know, you look at, I use Villa as an example. You know, they obviously knew that Gerald's time was coming to the end. They've got football people in charge of the club running it. Like that Unai Emery deal was done within what three four days was it? It was less than a week. That yeah. would have been that would have that would have been set in motion for a long time. They would have agreed the, the compensation package with Villarreal, you know, and that's how they did it. Bang properly. We we have fortunately struck very lucky with the fact that we have been able to get Hulin Lab to game. Now I've got my rant out of the way in terms of the off the pitch stuff. We've got Hulin Lab to game. It's an incredible appointment. You know, we are talking an elite manager here. You know, Spanish national team, Real Madrid, Sevilla, won the Europa League, won the UEFA Super Cup, won the under-19s European Championship in Spain. Been there, done it, um, really highly thought of. It, it's an elite appointment, you know. It, it, it is as good as we could have hoped. The, the, the This is my optimistic side coming out of me now. The, the, the initial news agency journalist that leaked the story of Lopetegui coming was this Spanish news agency. I can't remember what it was called at the top of my head. They leaked it before John Perth got hold of it, before anybody else got hold of it. And basically they leaked it and they said that he's coming to Wolves and the reason why he's coming is because he's to be handed complete control of the football side. None of these Scott Sellers, Jeff Shee nonsense going on. He will have total control of, of, of the footballing side of things. And he's going to be back big in January. And I happen to believe it because I cannot see who would love to keep coming to Wolves to scrap off peanuts and be in a relegation battle, you know, and losing our best players. And and and, and, and he's not coming to, to do that. He's not. He's coming because he's going to be back big and he's been promised things and he's been promised the, the whole control of the football side of the club. So that, for me, is a real positive thing that I'm holding on to. Um, and I think we'll come to fruition. So, pleased. You know, I wish he was coming in earlier, but maybe to do logistics of his father being unwell, work permit, things like that. You know, he's obviously coming in after the Arsenal game. Um, I would have liked to have seen that new manager bound to that last game before the World Cup break, but obviously we'll have to sort of hang fire and hold on that. On the pitch, though, we, we're, we're, we're really poor. 
really, really poor. And there's no addressing it up. We're, we're joint, the joint bottom. We're not even fighting for a reason because we're, we're, we're poor. There's no direction. And it shows the fact that we've had Bruno Large, who in the end showed himself to be completely clueless in charge. And now we've got a manager who has never managed above League Two level um, and, and, and you know, got sacked from a conference team um, in charge. And it's shown on the pitch because the players don't have any direction. There's nothing there. I can sit and try and dissect Wolves and what we're doing wrong. There's no point. Anybody who's watched Wolves the last two years, but particularly this last few months, can see what's going on. There's no direction. There's no identity. There's no fluidity in the way that we play. There's no confidence. We have... We, we, we've we, Even the games that we've won or got a point in, we winged it. You know, 3-2 for Saturday against Brighton. Brighton by far the better side throughout the game. You yeah. know, we got, a, we got a lucky penalty. If that penalty had gone against us, I'd have been livid. Um, you know, you know, Guedes has got in. And he's, yeah, he's done well. It's the first time he's not seen him actually do anything in, in a shirt to warrant 27 and a half million. But he got a lucky deflection in the end. And it went 3 2 flat to us. It was always coming, you know. Samedo, who I've been his biggest advocate for a long time, I really like Samedo. He's been struggling recently and he's been yeah. caught out time and time again. He got caught out for the header, caught out for the red card. Um, and we, you look, you, we, I looked at our bench again, Kieran, and you know you've got you've got a bench. I'll be honest, with you, man. There were two names on there. I'm listening on Wolf Suit. I feel like people know everything about everyone. I didn't even know two of the names on there. Never even heard of them. You, you know, and, and yeah, it's um, it's not pretty at the moment on the pitch. No, it, to be honest, um, it's funny because on the pitch, and I know I know you're the same, and most people say on the pitch it's nice. It's nice when your rivals are losing. You have a little yeah. bit of a laugh. You watch your match of the day, whatever. Um, the off-the-pitch stuff, JB, I'm looking at it like, you know when you drive past a really bad car accident? Yeah, um, and you can't have a rubber neck. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus, I'm I'm glad we appointed someone a bit quicker than that. I'm glad it's sorted now, but honestly, mate, eight games in charge for a care. Eight game. games in charge for no a guy whose last job was, was sacked at conference level. You can't... Listen, they fucked up monumentally. Yeah. They fucked up monumentally. Um, you know, and they've they've repaired some of the, the 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 damage done by this appointment, but there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see, yeah. JB. In I don't know. In terms of what to expect, um, you would assume if you look at his pedigree, you look at the fact he got the Spain job post um, Tiki Taka. And he managed a Spain, well, it was probably a couple of youth setups um, around the height of the Spanish dominance. You would accept Wolves, sorry, expect Wolves to become a little bit more possession based than they had under Large. Um, yeah. JB, what what are you expecting? I I imagine you've you've had a little bit of time to to dive into this. Um, what do you think that um, Lopetegui will bring to Wolverhampton Wanderers? Well, I think he'll bring. Stability, first of all, which is what we need. Um, I think he's, he's going to bring an identity. He's obviously created an identity over his managerial career. I mean, I've, you know, there's lots of articles flying around, which I would really love to get my teeth into. I haven't had a chance to read because, you know, I obviously I haven't had time really for me, to be honest. But, you know, from what I've read, see, well, I can speak from first hand because his severe team absolutely dismantled us in the Europa um, quarterfinal yeah. a couple of years ago. Absolutely dismantled us. Um and they were incredible actually that night, to be fair. Um, and you know, I think you know, he favours a 4-3-3, very likes to use his, his full backs as very attacking, lots of possession-based football. He's gonna bring an aura, you know, he's gonna bring an, an aura of calmness, of um, you know, class, you know, he's got the pedigree, you know. It's a big thing for me with Neves because, you know, there's a little bit of stuff about Neves going in January, but then I think there's been a few reputable sources saying he's not going. And the fact that Lopetegui gave uh, Neves his professional debut at Porto um, and they've got a very, very good relationship is really positive thing, uh, you know, just for the rest of the season, in my mind. I think he's got, a, he's got a, he, you know, again, it's been reported already, reputable sources. He has already got a list of players he wants to bring in. I'm sure they'll be being worked on already. Mm. Um, it's come out that the fact I think that I, th- I hope that Wolves have learned the lesson that you can't leave things too late and you've got to get your business done early because we've got a history of leaving. You know, there's been certain transfer windows where we've left things late and it hasn't paid off, and there's been other transfer windows where we've got things done early. 
mainly the two years, the first two years under Nuno when we robbed the championship and then got into Europa League when the business was done early. Mm. Um, so I, ho- I hope when January rolls around, we, we, we're getting who we need. You know, priorities probably being, you know, for me, another midfielder, uh, striker, yeah, a winger, a centre-back, a goalkeeper, uh, a left-back, another centre-back, another midfielder, another striker. That, that That's the priority, really. Well, uh, I, I actually think... <laughs> Well, yeah, you, obviously you do need a few. You do, need yeah, a few yeah, no, we do. But yeah, I, I actually yeah. think um, if Wolves don't back Lopetegui quickly, yes, well, then they're wasting yet more games of this season right. with a very, very suboptimal team. And right. then you're really going to be playing catch up. Wolves are they're not far off. I think they're couple. Of no, back. listen, listen. Like, you know, but, but you know, if if it keeps on this current trend and it gets to mid-Jan and they've not replaced the right, or sorry, they've not brought in the right players and you're still yeah. turning up week in, week out without a recognised striker or um, yeah, yeah. not got the defenders that you want and you've got kids you've never heard of on the bench. It's negligent and it's another way in which it, it, w- Wolves are acting in a really, really amateurish way. And yeah. it happens in the same, like we're 100% we've been the same. And like you look at, you look at the fact, you, as you said, JB, eight games or whatever will have will have passed under the caretaker manager. Then there'll be three yeah. games before the January window opens. Um, so there's twelve games. Sorry, eleven games. Good maths. Uh, there's eleven games there. Eight of them under a manager who shouldn't really be there. Then three of them under a manager who hasn't had a chance to get his players in yet. And then you've got January. Um, however many games in January, four or five. If they don't back, if they don't back him quickly in January, then you're looking at 15, 16 games of the season there. Where you're not, you're not got the right manager or the right players. No, the and, right that, and that's where really bad. My, my egg, my eggs are all in this basket at the moment. Of why would Hula Lopetegui come to Wolverhampton Wanderers if they are not going to back him or they haven't got something in place ready to go? He's not going to come to Wolves to scrap around on peanuts and 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 fight relegation battles, trying to grind out points in there. Just, He's an elite European manager who's who's been there, done it, you know, leveled at every every level, won stuff, highly thought of. So my my instinct tells me he will be backed. I just hope that they do it properly and then it's done early doors, like you say, because you can't keep going on every game we play, Kieran. And, and I mean, I've been saying even under Bruno Lock, we start o'clock scoring. You know, we never have done. Um, you know, we've never properly replaced him. And as you know, obviously the Sasa Kladzic thing, we'll never know whether Sasa Kladzic was, was was the guy for us. It's obviously the ACL, the threw me when they should never threw me in. You know, listen, I am I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic in terms of almost like just wanting to get the next week out of the way, if I'm honest with you. You know, we've got a really difficult game on Saturday. Not really focusing too much on the, on the league game, League Cup game on Wednesday. And just get him in, get him on the training ground. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of players away at the World Cup, so that's going to be difficult as well. Um, to sort of get his ideas across without players there. Um, but there'll be a way around that, I'm sure. You know, apparently he'd spoke to a lot of the Wolves players before he'd come. I think a lot of the Wolves players played a role in him coming, actually. Um, but I think we'll see an immediate difference in terms of he's bringing in his own team. You know, out under Nuno and his own team, and we were so fit, we didn't have any injuries. I mean, since Nuno went, our injury record has been abysmal, absolutely abysmal. That's because we haven't brought him, we haven't recognised fitness coaches and stuff. You know, we're using, you know, we're using, a, you know, our club doctors, a guy who got sacked from Team GB because he misdiagnosed the wrong medication for a GB athlete. We don't, 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 yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, what I say, JB, of all the, of all the. Um, the running agendas that we've had on this podcast, you versus the Wolves medical team has to be the the most vitriolic. You uh, and, and, answer me team. though. And, answer me. Answer me. Yes or no? Have I been right? Well, if that's, that's true, yes or no. If, if that's true, then yeah. If, if the guy been right. But even about the injuries, Kieran, the, the sasaclades, yeah. the letter, everything. I've been right about everything. You've seen it. I've been I've been right, and and it is. I've I don't know, mate. You weren't right about Bruno Large. I weren't. No, you thought he was quite good, mate, and he, he wasn't. At one good. point, yeah, but you carried away, don't you, when you beat the Villa and stuff. <laughs> you do. And, you do. And, 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden, you come crashing back down to earth and you're watching, you're watching Dross everywhere. You can waste nine minutes of your life. Um, but yeah, and I'll, I'll keep banging that that, that that vendetta, the medical team, until they get it fucking right. They paid a lot of money to make decisions, and Nuno's team, Nuno's team got it right. So I'm hoping Hula brings in his own guys. It's been a, it's felt like, yeah. 
as you can yeah. tell, it's, it's, it's yeah. not been it's not been pretty being a horse on these last couple of years, to be honest, but particularly the last few months. But listen, great appointment. Hopefully he gets backed, and we can a little bit like the Albion. Hopefully put a few results together, start looking up, and and go from there. Because that's all it is. It's, it's it's two or three wins away from going. But the was all the fuss about. That that's what yeah. it's like. That, that 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 that's what it's like. Exactly. You're three points adrift at the moment. Um, yeah. With a better goal difference than Bournemouth, so you 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 you're certainly not out of it. Um, no. But you would expect an upturn for Southampton with the new. It reminds me a little bit of the Newcastle situation last year. Newcastle uh, this time last year were about six six points adrift, if I remember rightly, maybe more. Um, and the boy Eddie Howe, I'm sure it was about November time. Um, and he, he, you know, fair play. I've never never been Eddie Howe's biggest fan, but you know, he he, he come in and he got a bit. He, he got plenty of money in the January transfer window. Was able to sign some decent players and kept them up. And Maybe. just look what happens when you sack Steve Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I know. So, do you know what, mate? I've had Steve Bruce these last six games, and that's saying something. <laughs> Jesus. I would have. I would have. I'll start. I'll start on. My, I, I, mate, I've had Steve Bruce these last six games. 100%. 100%. At least he's managing the Premier League. Yeah. Christ. Might as well have fucking yeah. Steve Burr in charge. To be fair, po- points wise, yeah, points wise, he might have he might have got some points on the board. Yeah, exactly, man. That, that's all we need at the moment because you, you're just firefighting until the new guy comes in. He's in. Look, back him. Let's let let's get trending upwards again because it's it's been difficult, mate. Yeah, it really has been. Well, I think that's fair enough, JB. Um, yeah. Before we move on to previewing this weekend, um, quick mention of our fantasy football league. Um, we do run a Black Country Ramble fantasy or say we run it. We, we started a Black Country Ramble football, um, fantasy football league at the start of the season. Um, I'm currently sitting seventh, which is uh, really disappointing because I was top for a while, but um, been a very bad few weeks for me. Uh, as I, you can make a whole other podcast about my ill-advised transfers on fantasy football. Uh, currently, we have Mike Hampson, um, number one by an absolute mile. Um, Bruce's Angry Cabbage. Mike, if you listen, um, well done. You're flying. Um, JB, um, from fantasy football to JB's looking at me like he's got no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I haven't changed my team. I don't know where I'm in the league. I haven't changed my team once this year. Uh, I think you're, I think you're seventeenth, JB. Out of what? Um, no, you're sixteenth out of twenty-one. I'll take that any day. Though I can't change my team once. I don't know who's in it. Yeah. Well, I I'm I'm looking to finish top three of our league, JB, but a, a, a bad few weeks have really set me back. But, you know, just, you know, like it can happen in the in real life, a couple of good results and yeah. you're on, all of a sudden you're on the way up. Thought, um, yeah. But from fantasy football to real football and the real possibility that Daryl DK plays for West Bromwich Albion this weekend, um, he's currently um, warming up to play for our uh, PL2 team tonight. I was going to say under 23. It's not really an under 23 team anymore. It's not really how it works. It's kind of a mix of under 23s and injured first team players. Uh, but Daryl DK is starting for the Albion tonight as we record on Monday evening. Um, I am praying that they don't give him more than 45 minutes because if he gets injured in that game uh, after... Oh, well, mate, if, he's play- if he's playing for Wolves with the 23s, mate, they give him 90. <laughs> They give him ninety, mate. They probably make him do make him do a quick ten k after the game as well. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just the prospect of Corboran with this structure and a focal point like Daryl DK. One quick thing on on Corboran and the setup. When Carlin Grant was the striker and when Matty Phillips was the striker the other day, they're being asked to come very very deep at times um, to collect yeah. ball. And I think DK will do that fantastically. Um, a real physical presence and create space for for runners like Dean Garner, Phillips, uh, Wallace, Swift are in and around him. So that's really exciting. Um, honestly, though, JB, I would take Daryl DK not not kicking a ball this weekend if it meant he could be fully back to fitness for the time the World Cup finishes. Um, it's not it's not any slight on DK. Obviously, I, I want him yeah. to be playing, but um, if he's not a hundred and ten percent. I don't want to. I don't want to risk him for one. Yeah, hundred percent. That's no point. No point. Certainly wouldn't be starting him on on Saturday. I'd, I'd give him maybe twenty minutes off the bench if we need him. And to be if the game doesn't require him, if we're already two 0 up or whatever, um, yeah. I, I just wouldn't play him. I just wouldn't risk it because what's the point? Um, it's not. 
you know, the, the argument would be, oh, he can get some match fitness, some match sharpness. Well, no, because he's about to spend a month not playing football anyway. So he wouldn't gain any match sharpness. So unless we desperately needed him and he was really, really, really fit, I wouldn't play him. Um, and on that note, um, Stoke, little bit of a little bit of a rivalry. I, I'm always a little bit reticent to say it. We had this conversation last year. Is it a rivalry? Is it not? Um, certainly not a derby. Um like it sometimes gets called randomly on on uh, coverage on Sky Sports or whatever, um, but it's certainly a game that has a little bit of uh, an added bite at times. Um, Stoke had the better of Albion for years. Um, Stoke fans used to sing about that um, to their hearts' content, and so they should. Um, much more even in recent years. Neither of us are very good this season. I think Albion will harness their positive momentum and get a result in front of um, hopefully a really positive Hawthorns. There's another protest planned. Um, I think it's blow the whistle on or blow whistle time on the board or something. Um, yes, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted on the protests because we're we're protesting against the an owner who wants to sell the club. As it is, the club is for sale. So I'm unsure what we're protesting for. I know people are very, very upset about the loans that lies taken out against the club, and which we should be, absolutely. But for me, the solution is he pays that money back and he sells the club. And it appears he's going to pay the money back in January and then sell the club as soon as you can. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I support Albion fans who are, who are upset with what's going on at the club, but I don't know if we need to inject that little bit of toxicity into what is no. the first positive atmosphere at the Hawthorns since the start of Valerian Ishmael's, uh, Valerian Ishmael's reign. Um, so I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. There was there was a little smattering of, um, of chance against the board on Saturday in the away end at QPR and they didn't take off, if I'm honest. Um, they fell on deaf ears. Um, I'm sure people feel that sentiment, but it it wasn't a, a, a big thing on Saturday. Obviously, there was the light show. Um, uh, I feel like if I saw, an, I've got to be honest, if I saw another club do that, I would say it was Tim Pop. But I understand what, yeah, JB's nodding. Um, if I if I saw that, I would say it was Tim Pot. So I've got to call it out when I see it on my own club. I know what they're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to find a way to peacefully protest that doesn't... That They're trying to send a, a, a metaphor and a, a message that really, well, shines a light on the problems at the club. I, I, I think you're kind of both ways. I think, I think... I agree with you. I'm glad, I'm glad you've called it as it is. But I think, like, obviously, they're down to, like, Trash Down Stadium and stuff like that, obviously, yeah. you know, and things like that. So I get the piece of... of and, and I have this argument with, with Man United fans, one in particular, um, with the whole Glazers thing. But that, that, that's obviously a completely different story. The best way to protest it, don't, don't, don't fucking go. Don't fucking go. You know, like... Just don't go, uh, and, and, the, and if you feel that passionately fair. about it, don't go, and that that's but, where you'll hit the owners. Don't, don't go. But the uh, and I understand that. And there was a there was a thing that was like go go to the games, but don't buy from the club shop. Don't buy from any of the club sponsors. And I was like, Jesus, this is complicated. Um, so that's not going to work as well. Yeah. But also, I think asking Albion fans to forego for what. A lot of people is their main hobby, yeah, um, and their main their main passion. I don't think you can gain that level of momentum with the movement. I think you'd always hit a ceiling of people who are going to say, "Well, no, it's our family." It doesn't day. seem like you need a movement though. By the sound, if the um, clubs are for sale anyway. Well, the clubs, yeah, the clubs been up for sale for a long time. Um, but... You know, to be fair, it's not what's his name, Lie. Yeah, it's not. It's not Lie's fault. Nobody wants to buy yeah? No, he just made a uh, bad. No, if nobody uh, wants to buy yeah. it, which I understand, nobody wants to buy it, then. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just accept that nobody wants to buy your club, and then put your effort into supporting the players. Like, yeah. So, the, but the the distinction in the in the protest is support, or one of the taglines is support the team, not the board. Um, yeah. so that thing of you can't have it both ways and don't go. I think yeah. the point the point is that 
that the protest is about having it both ways, being able to. Yeah. But no, in all, in all seriousness, it is it is a, it is a difficult one, and I, I get the conflict, the conflicting feelings of kind of obviously you want to go support your team, well, and then, but then also you then also you want to tell your owners to do one sort of thing, but yeah, it's it's hard without bringing an element of toxicity into the stadium. But then you flip it, so you go, well, I don't have any toxicity, so we'll hold our flashlights up, and then it just looks like you're watching Celine Dion. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's it, it's a it's a funny one. Well, ultimately, mate, um, I won't give up on the album because my heart will go on. Um, yes, cue that. Yes, there you go. Yes. Um, it was Shearer at the back post. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go for the Albion win, JB, that I've alluded to. I think we will win that game two 0 I think third clean sheet in a row. We look a lot more solid. Um. Oh, 2-0, 2 No, 2-0, because Dwight Gale's not in good form. So I'm going to go 2-0. JB, um, let's make the short journey to Wolves. I was going to say to them all on you, but I think you're all... No, you are. No, we are. We you're are, yeah, yeah. at home, isn't it? Yeah. On, on the Albion, mate, just, just, just to put my prediction out there quickly for the Albion. Um, SL give me pelters like he always does. Like, oh, get off the fence, stop the tune. But I, I was 2-0 as well, Albion. So yeah. I'll, stick, I'll stick with that, so... Yeah, well, to be honest, that probably means you're wrong, JB, because I'm terrible at predicting Albion. But whatever uh-huh. I predict for Wolves, stick a five yeah. on. It was my record for Wolves. Correct score. It's incredible. Pretty good, yeah. But I, think, I think we'll both be agreeing on this one anyway, mate, so we won't have to worry too much on that. Yeah, I I think it might be the the end of the of the caretaker reign. Um, <laughs> a little whimper, mate. Um, I oh. think there is not a team in the country, well, City, obviously, but um, there's not a team in better form in the country um, you do you don't you don't want to play Arsenal at the moment. No. Um, I think that they will they will turn up and yeah. and really exploit the lack of cohesion in that Wolf side at the moment. And Ruben Neves will be chasing shadows, thinking, "I really wish I'd signed for these lot," um, <laughs> because uh, yeah, I think he could Wolves could have got a lot more money for Neves if they had sold to an Arsenal twelve months ago. Um, but that's as conversation we've had before. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I struggle to see how Wolves get something from this game. JB, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think it'll be a difficult night in the office. To be honest with you, mate. Um, night in the office, nice. Uh, yeah, it's um, Arsenal. It, it's a funny one, Arsenal, because obviously, I mean, the, the, the Arteta's done incredible with them. You know, he's made some really astute signings. He, he's got to work with them. They've gave him time. There was a time not long ago when Arsenal fans wanted Arteta out, and people Absolutely, were questioning yeah. him, and he was he was the butt of many jokes and memes, stuff like that. And it just goes goes to show that if you persist with someone that you trust. And trusting the process sometimes it comes to fruition, and Arsenal are, are, are a great example of that. Wolves have got a really funny record against Arsenal. We've had some fantastic results against them. You know, at one point I felt like we could never lose against them, and then the last couple of years they've just, you know, we had. This is where I'm, <laughs> we had in, in the middle of COVID when the pressure was really on Nuno, um, and we were staring down the barrel at one point in COVID, um, and we played Arsenal under the lights at Molyneux. And Arsenal weren't in bad form, actually. Um, and we somehow won 2-1. Moutinho scored a, a worldie. Um, and that sort of turned our season around a little bit, actually. And we sort of kicked off from there. And we didn't do anything major that season, but it gave us that stability and ability to kick on. Because we were, we were just looking, we were staying on the bowl a bit like we are now. Um, and in my sort of heart, I'm hoping that, you know what, is it that Arsenal moment again where, you know, everything's against us. We've looked to Paulie, Arsenal are flying, doing the day, and we just get that win again against the odds. Um, but unfortunately, no, I can't really see it um, as much as I want to. I just think Arsenal, like I said, they're flying. The last few times we've played them, they've sort of toyed with us a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, I think last, I'm sure we've, we've been tonked the last couple of times at home against them, actually, or last season we did anyway. I think it was three or four, um, I think, if I remember rightly. It's been a funny couple of years. I'm going to go for, unfortunately, I'm going to go for 3-0 Arsenal. Um, and, yeah, and I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but, well, I'll try and enjoy it anyway. Probably the 12 points of stellar I have while watching it will probably help. But, um, yeah, I just think Arsenal have too much for us, mate. Um, and I think it'd be a rude awakening because Hulan love to geese Friday on Friday. To finalise the details, he will be there in person to watch the game. Hopefully, that lifts the crowd. This is Saturday night's quarter way kickoff. Ninety percent of Molyneux will have been on the on, on the on the uh, on the source all day, so it'll be loud. It'll be toxic. It'll be 
busy, it's going to be under the lights, it's on Sky Sports, everything there for a, a cracking atmosphere is there. Um, Hula Lovetig will be there as well. So maybe there'll be something in, in the atmosphere and Hula Lovetig is in there. Do you know what? Maybe he might get involved a little bit, you know, not involved on the touchline, I don't mean, but, you know, maybe he'll introduce himself to the players in the morning. I don't know. That's my optimistic side thinking just something can happen under the lights at Molyneux on a Saturday night sort of thing. But I think Arsenal at the moment are flying and, and I think they're not too much. So I'm going to go 3 on Arsenal. Nice. I'm, I'm going to go 2-0, JB. I think yeah. a 2-0 win for Arsenal. I think much of what you say is correct. But yeah, you never know. You never know under the lights. No, no, no one fancied no but... no us in that game when Arsenal were doing well and we were down the bowl. And we did they get a red card, Arsenal? I think they got a red card that game. And Moutinho scored that absolute worldy. It would have been 2020 because it was all it was behind closed doors. Um, wow. Yeah. So what was it 2021? Yeah, mate. The only thing I remember about that season is Bilic being sacked and us fielding Robert Snodgrass, Kamil Grisicki, David Button, and getting a result at Molyneux. Never happened. It happened in Carrington. Didn't happen. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I think you also failed to beat us at the Hawthorns, mate. So uh, you what? Said again. I think you also failed to beat us at the Hawthorns, mate. But that's a pretty safe bet. Um, that could be any season that we're talking about. Very, <laughs> uh, very safe. Nineteen ninety-seven. I want to say was the last time Wolves won it. Ninety. It was ninety-six, ninety-seven. You and Roberts, Patrick. Yeah. Um, sure, it was nice. I got ninety-six in my head. Yeah. Either way, JB, I wasn't born. No. Yeah. Better could be. There's a but there's a few games you should. Have. I mean, I remember the season that you pipped us. Um, that oh one oh two season. I remember. I was actually there. And I remember Nathan. I remember we were absolutely brilliant mm. that that night. Nathan Blake scored. Um, it was super. Not that night. Nathan Blake was, and then you you uh, watch his face scored a free kick last minute. Um. Well, all of a sudden, listeners, you are being treated to a, an out-and-out therapy session. JB's delving into his deepest, darkest trauma there. Um, no, I'm nostalgic, mate. I love the noughties, noughties. Lo- love losing to the Albion. It's fucking, you know what? It is what it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? It is, <laughs> it is what it is. You have to suck it up. Hopefully, you know? hopefully you'll be losing to the Albion next season, mate. Well, well, no, I hope you're losing to the Albion in the Premier League, I've got to say. I, I, know, I hope you don't just come down and then we start. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't think we're ready. I don't think we're ready to play each other just yet, but uh, yeah, well, well, it might be sooner than what we think. We're certainly, uh, yeah, we're, we're probably more likely to be playing each other in the Championship than in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah. um, we'll see. We'll see. It, yeah, it's, a weird, it's very weird talking about that pandemic season because it yeah, just very, like, very, we, very, very we were never in the Premier League because we only got to see that West Ham yeah. game. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you've gotten this far in this podcast, um, a massive, massive thank you. While um, we do appreciate your listening every week, um, do us a favour and tell someone else about the pod. Um, just share the love a little bit. Uh, give us a retweet on social media. Don't be shy. Feel free to call us out on the um, nonsense that we chat at times. Um, but most importantly, um, just keep coming back. Keep listening. Um, we will be more on it um, in yeah. weeks to come uh, until the World Cup and then after the World Cup, possibly even during the World Cup as well. Yeah, we might yeah. do a little mid-season review, that kind of thing. Um but it's been a manic time for for JB and myself off the off the field. It's been a manic time off the mic. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's been nice to just sit down and find the time to record. Um, yeah, JB, do you have anything to add before? No, we... mate, it's been big, 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 good being back, and we'll uh, see what the weekend brings. Eh? Obviously, yeah, nice also as well, just 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 last last we've kind of glossed over it because in in, in the grand scheme, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, Wolves do play Wednesday against Leeds. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know what? It's one of them things when you're struggling in the league. Sometimes you want you want a, you want a, a bit of a cup run because it can inspire things and it can kick you on a little bit. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting when you no idea what kind of side he'll play. I, I don't really know. I, I don't think there's replays anymore. Is I think if it's a draw, it goes straight to penalties possibly, or I don't think there's even extra time. Or am I, make, am I making that up? Um, no, I think you're right. I think it does go straight to penalties. Yeah. So so I'm 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 going to say it's going to go to penalties. I'm going to win on penalties. That's what I'm going to say. In on penalties, interesting. Um, possibly, JB, possibly. Anyway, as I Who said, cares? Mate, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, I certainly yeah. don't. Um, but um, 
Uh, but yeah, it was nice to uh, sit down and record. Maybe yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Minutes in the legs or um, minutes in the tongue, maybe, if uh, yeah, stick with the microphone metaphor. No, let's not stick with that. No, one. no, no. Um, apologies. Um, I now understand if people don't come back next week. Quite <laughs> in a strange direction. I uh, I feel like I'm getting too attached to the end of this podcast. Like, I don't want to... Yeah, do definitely. definitely. Oh, I ties with it. Longest out, however. Um, I should have just gone back to the old faithful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Yeah, that was better, wasn't it? Yeah. That'll do. See ya.